38 it says al-mudabbaj is the narration of fears be careful Allah you have to fear a hadith that is classified as mudabbaj is when the two reporters <laughs> the recipient reporter and the defense reporters they are fears they are of the same age or they have the same shape so one student received a hadith from another student this is called al-mudabbaj and this word al-mudabbaj is taken from dibajatul wajah dibajatul wajah meaning the profile because as students sitting in the same class you turn your face to your friend to talk to him so he sees your side this is how they took this name so example of narration of fears that then Aisha radiallahu anha and Abu Huraira radiallahu anha when they narrate and they take the hadith from one another be careful Allah you have to fear you have to fear Allah and fearing Allah is knowledge because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say innama yakhsha Allah min ibadihi al-ulama the knowledgeable are those who fear Allah so whoever fears Allah is knowledgeable and whoever does not fear Allah even though if he has a lot of information he is not considered knowledgeable then the writer of this say may Allah forgive my fault and mistakes and may it be purely for his sake because sincerity what makes the action the, the deed accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it was written by Allah's slave Abu Nur ignorance is a disease ignorance is a disease and when you have a disease, you go, you rush to the doctor, right? When we find ourselves ignorant in the religion, we have to rush to the circle of knowledge to remove our ignorance and to remove our religious illiteracy, because knowledge is the cure. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us on the right path and this explanation was completed alhamdulillah subhanahu wa ta'ala today the 30th of Shawwal 14-20 and next time inshallah we meet we're going to have a discussion about this ayah question about about this poem insha'Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whoever recites the poetry memorized will offer him a prize and then after that insha'Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we start about hiliyatu talibul ilm and if you can get a copy of this book try to do that insha'Allah so everyone comes with a copy of this book now do you have any questions concerning the matter that we have discussed
fabricate a lie. We said because they are using something not felt by the senses. One of the conditions that it has to be something concerning the senses. Since something they've heard, something they've heard or they've seen, not they've heard from other people, they've heard it from the original speaker or they've seen it. But all of that is not present in their reporting. An example of a piece of information that is mutawatir to you. Any one of you been in China? You know there's, you believe there's a country called China? How do you believe that? Because it's mutawatir to you. It's not, it's impossible for everybody is trying to fabricate a lie to you to fool you or to deceive you that there's a country called China. So it's mutawatir to us. And it's something that is documented by the senses. People have seen it. They went there. In the same area, the three conditions, number three, are they checked? that it's impossible for all of them to conspire to fabricate a lie. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdika ashadu la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa asubu People in each class were involved and transmitted to, transmitted to the class that is beneath them in the transmission in the, in the chain of narration. So only one reporter transmitted the account during one or more levels of the chain of narration. So if we have a hadith for example, in one tabaqah there's four people transmitted this hadith. And the other tabaqah they have six people transmitted the hadith. In the third tabaqa, only one person transmitted the hadith. And then under him, he narrated this hadith to ten people. So now we have in one level, <coughs> one person only transmitted this hadith. So this would be making the hadith to be classified under the class of gharib. A very famous hadith that is classified as gharib is the hadith that it says This hadith was transmitted by Yahya bin Sa'id al-Ansari According Yahya bin Sa'id al-Ansari is one According to Muhammad bin Ibrahim al-Saymi According to Alqama bin Abi Waqqas عن عمر بن الخطاب 
according to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So in each those tabaqah, only one person transmitted this account. The hadith that is classified as gharib does not, that in of itself does not tell us whether this hadith is authentic or not. It only tells you how many people were involved in the transmission of this hadith. So when you hear this hadith is gharib, you understand that in one tabaqa or more in the transmission process, only one person transmitted this account. The other classification is, before we move on, it says understand the knowledge and, and keep. This is important for the student of knowledge, for you to understand the material. And after you understand the material, you preserve your understanding. Because many times, a person might understand an issue. But he does not document this understanding. And as the days go by, his understanding starts to deteriorate and get foggy. Then he misses his knowledge altogether. And for you to keep your understanding or your knowledge is by memorization. By memorizing that which you need to keep. And reviewing this memorization periodically for you to make sure that it remains in your memory cells. In two after two, reported Al-Aziz, take the religious knowledge with ease. Here the hadith that is classified as Aziz, it means two reporters transmitted the account during one or more level of the chain of reporters. So during this chain of reporters, in one time, and two people transmitted this account in one level or more than one level. When that occurs, the hadith is classified as Aziz. An example of that, which was narrated in Sahih Muslim according to Anas, that the Prophet said, وَالَّذِي نَسْتِي بِيَدِهِ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَلَدِهِ وَوَالِدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ Who can translate to us this hadith? Or who knows the meaning of this hadith? It means by the one that my soul in his hand none of you will become a believer until 
I become more beloved to him than his child and his father or his parents and the rest of the people. So you're attaining higher level of belief is conditional upon you loving the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam more than you love your child and your parents. This hadith in one level, in one tabaqa, two people transmitted this account which classifies this hadith as Aziz. When a hadith again is classified as Aziz, that does not make it automatically authentic or automatically unauthentic. Then it's take the religious knowledge with ease. Religious knowledge, as you are taking the understanding and keeping this understanding, you have to take the religious knowledge with ease. That means you cannot rush into just studying everything in few months. You take a book of fuqah and read it from cover to cover and you think now you are a faqih. That does not work like that. You need to focus. Do not be an information collector. If you are an information collector, you are not a student of knowledge. You are an information collector. An, an information collector is the one who does not have a curriculum in studying the knowledge. But he takes a piece of information from this lecture and a piece of information from this book. Another piece of information from another source. I just collect information that is just sitting there. There is no coherence to that information. But you have to take the religious knowledge with ease systematically and according to a curriculum. Then it says Mashhur or Al Mashhur was narrated by three or more. Knowledge is a sea without a shore. A hadith that is classified as mashhur could be technically mashhur according to the science of hadith or linguistically mashhur. A hadith that is linguistic mashhur means famous. So a hadith that is famous is a hadith that is known by the people. Can you tell me a hadith that is famous? Do you raise your hand? Uh, yes, this is a hadith that is famous amongst the people, but this is a weak hadith. Give me a famous hadith that is authentic. This is a very famous hadith. Uh, people many times they misuse it. But this is a hadith that is famous 
But that does not make it fit under the classification of famous as we mentioned that it has to be transmitted by three reporters or more. The hadith that is technically mashhoof is a hadith that in which three reporters or more transmitted the account during one or more level of the chain of narration. See how I said three or more. Here there is, what is that more? How much more? It's an open end. When it is so much more, it falls into what you're going to study, al-mutawafiq. But there is not like three until ten. The number is not specified. Three or more. Three, four, five, six, ten. No. A hadith that is mashhur is the hadith in Allah Ta'ala la yaqbudu al-ilma intiza'an yantazi'uhu min al-ibad walakin yaqbudu al-ilma biqabdi al-ulama hatta iza lam yaqqa aliman ittakhaza al-nasu ru'uthan juhala fasu'ilu fa'aftu bighayri ilmin fadallu wa adallu You know this hadith? You know what it means? I'm going to give you the beginning of it and then you have to find its meaning. That Allah does not collect the knowledge by collecting it from the chest of the scholars. This hadith is mashhur, meaning in each level, three people or more participated in the transmission. In each level. Because if one of the level was two, and in every other level was three, then it will be Aziz. And in, in each level, for example, there were five people, five reporters. And in one level, there was one reporter, it will make it then it says, knowledge is a sea without a shore. As a person is taking the religious knowledge with ease, and taking more and more religious knowledge, know for sure that knowledge is bigger than you. And there's much more knowledge than your brain can contain. And your life can outlast. So every time you get more knowledge, you have to get more humble, not more arrogant. More, the more knowledge you get, the more humble you get. It says, the above three are called ahad, total acceptance without a doubt. Those Gharib and Aziz and Mashhur, all of them are classified as Ahad. The Ahad hadith 
may be authentic or not. We, based on the conditions that we have studied, a had hadith could be evaluated to be authentic or unauthentic. You understand? If the ahad hadith is found authentic, which means it is sahih or hasan, you understand? Then it is used as admissible religious evidences regarding matters related to creeds and deeds. Did you get that? If the ahad is found authentic, it is used as admissible religious evidences regarding matters related to creed and deed. So we can use ahad hadith to demonstrate something concerning something we believe in. Uh, we can use an ahad hadith to demonstrate something that we practice. That's what it means. You understand? Alhamdulillah. And this is the position of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. That the ahad hadith is admissible religious evidence regarding matters related to creeds and deeds. But whereas Al-Mubtadi'ah, like Al-Mu'tazila, Al-Mu'tazila were the first to doubt Ahad Hadith. They say that we do not accept the Ahad Hadith in matters related to creed. We only accept it in matters related to deed. And this is their, one of their bid'ahs. And by this bid'ah, they are doubting most of the sunnah. Because most of the sunnah is transmitted and classified under ahad. Thus, the scholars of al-Islam refuted the statements and the arguments of al-Mu'tazila. And amongst the first scholars to refute the statements of al-Mu'tazila in that aspect is al-Imam al-Shafi'i. In his book, Al-Risala, also Ibn Hazm, Imam Ibn Hazm, and Imam Al-Bukhari, Rahimahumullahu Ta'ala. Here it says in this line of poetry, total acceptance without a doubt, meaning the Ahad Hadith, if, if, if it is found authentic, we accept it. But what type of knowledge does it bring to you? What type of knowledge? The level of surety in knowledge that the Ahad Hadith brings about is debated amongst the scholars. Some say it brings about certainty in knowledge. And this is the statement of Ibn Hazm and others. Some say it brings about most likely level in knowledge. 
And this is what An-Nawawi said. And some scholars said, like Ibn Salah, the Ahad Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim brings about certainty in knowledge, and the Ahad Hadith outside the Bukhari and Muslim, they bring most likely level of knowledge. But I find the statement of Ibn Hazm, Rahimahullah, to be that which is appropriate, that the Ahad Hadith, after we use it as admissible evidence in matters related to creed and deed, but also ascertain certainty in knowledge. It does not just ascertain most likely in knowledge, but it ascertains certainty in knowledge. Now, it says Al-Mutawatir is always true, reported by many more than few. A hadith that is Mutawatir is always true. Once a hadith is labeled as Mutawatir, that means it's authentic. And this is one difference between Al-Mutawatir and Ahad. Where a hadith is label, labeled ahad, that does not mean it's authentic. But when a hadith is labeled as mutawatir, that means it is authentic. And it's reported more than few. Because we said three or more is mashhur. When the number of people who are involved in the transmission of the hadith that falls under mutawatir, consequently, when they are a large group of people, the scholars of hadith classify this account to be mutawatir. I'm going to give you three conditions for, that have to be met for the Mutawatir Hadith, for an account, to, say, to rephrase it correctly, I'm going to give you three conditions that have to be met for an account to be classified as Mutawatir. First, many reporters transmitted the account during each level of the chain of reporters. Many reporters transmitted the account during each level of the chain of reporters. The reported accounts must be related to matters received by the census. The reported accounts must be related to matters perceived by the census. Meaning, 
those reporters must report something that they have seen, they have heard, they have touched. Not something that they feel. Because like all the Christians, they have been reporting throughout their history that Jesus to them is the Son of God. But that is reporting not mutawatir because it's not something has to do with the census. You understand the difference? So the mutawatir has to be something heard, something seen, something touched. The third condition that there are no chance that the reporters conspired to fabricate a lie. When those three conditions are met, then the account is classified as mutawatir. When those three conditions are met, the account is classified as mutawatir. When an account is classified as mutawatir, then it is always true. We said that, it's authentic. And it brings about certainty in knowledge. And it's accepted in creed and deed. Another point related to that is categories of mutawatir. There's two types of mutawatir. Verbatim mutawatir and mutawatir in meaning. The verbatim mutawatir, when a statement in of itself it was reported and it met the conditions that have been explained. An example of that is the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said, مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Whoever lies against me intentionally, let him assume his seat in hellfire or in fire. This is verbatim mutawatir. It means this statement verbatim has made the conditions to be classified as mutawatir. The other thing that is mutawatir is mutawatir in meaning. Which means the statement in of itself was not, did not meet the condition to be classified as mutawatir. But that meaning which contained in that statement has met the conditions that will enable that meaning to be classified as mutawatir. Issue concerning, for example, a hadith talking about al-hawd of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is mutawatir in meaning because there are many a hadith, all of them talking about the same subject. 
even though those ahadith do not match word by word in each one of them, but the meaning and the concept is mutawat. The ahadith of al-shafa'a, the ahadith of wiping on the shoes, the hadith of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. How many did we say? Al-Hawd, Shafa'a, Ru'yat Allah, wiping on the shoes, and also the hadith concerning whoever built the masjid. Allah will build for him a house in paradise. line of poetry that collect those hadith in Arabic I'm going to say it مما تواتر حديث من كذب ومن بنى لله بيتا واحتسب رؤية شفاعة والحوض ومسح خفين وهذه بعض they were going to move concerning the length of the chain of narration now we're going to discuss the length of the chain of narration. Now we were talking about how many people were involved in each level. Now we're going to talk how many levels there is in the chain of narration, the length of it. It says, Al-Ali, a hadith that is classified as Al-Ali, it has a short chain of narration. A hadith that is Al-Nazil, has a long chain of narration. This is easy. The shortest chain of narration is three people. Malik and Nafi' and Ibn Umar. My knowledge that the longest chain of narration is ten. No, this is not correct. But Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, he had put from a hadith that he heard through a connected chain of narration and the shortest of those narrations that to his time was 10 people. So Al-Nadil had a long chain of narration. That does not have a bearing on the authenticity of the hadith. But a hadith that is classified as Ali, since it has less people, there is less room for mistakes. <coughs> this is taken into consideration that those people are thiqah. But you might have a hadith, you have a hadith that has three people, one of them is a liar, the second one is a fabricator, and the third one is a forgetful. So you're not going to benefit anything from this being then it says Al-Mu'talif Same spelling No differentiation But a different person and pronunciation Now this topic is concerning Information 
pertaining to the names of those who are transmitted in that chain of names, those who are involved in the transmission. There's something called Mu'talif and Mukhtalif. Mu'talif, something that is Mu'talif, same spelling. Two people, their name have the same spelling. But they are, they have different pronunciation. So they are Mu'talif in their spelling and Mu'talif in their pronunciation. Mu'talif means an agreement. Mu'talif means disagreement or different. So for example, you get a, an Arabic, somebody whose name Muslim, and somebody whose name Musallam. The same spelling, but different pronunciation. And then it says, Al-Mustariq. Same spelling and pronunciation, but different people from this nation. So two reporters, they have the same names, and their names are spelled, spelled the same, and they are pronounced the same, but they are different people. They say there is a person by the name of Al-Khalil bin Ahmad. There were six 